Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. It really means being mindful and really looking at the pictures that I want to take. It's about really choosing what it is that I want to then do something with. So let me uh, dive into the first photo that we're going to talk about because do you want to it's walk and talk. Or uh, do you want to well, maybe we should just talk? sit. Sit. Yeah, Let's sure. just sit. Yeah. So the the first image um, that we're going to start with is the uh, sunbird. Yeah. Which is just. I mean, all of your photos are. I mean, if this is a podcast, so hopefully people will go check out the images on the website or on YouTube or whatever. But the the sunbird is amazing. Why start with that image? I mean, for, you've, got, you've got so many incredible wildlife shots. Why the sunbird? I think the reason I chose that one is because it marked a step in my development as a photographer. Oh, wow. So I started as a photojournalist, but then I went into media and was sales and marketing at The Economist and sort of didn't, you know, I, I picked up a camera, but I, I really wasn't doing much photography. Mm. And in 2018, I left Reuters and began being full-time retired, if you like. Right. And uh, so took up my photography again. That's when I began the daily blog. Mm. And that's uh, when I realized, right, what do I need to know? And actually, when you, when you really, I think the big difference for me coming back to the idea of everyone being a photographer and the idea of being a professional photographer is the, the ability and the time mm. and the knowledge you gain from doing it full-time with a an idea to learn as much as you can mm -hmm. about how to make the best image right right and then that's where i got to with that sunbird because it was a case of okay the, one of the first things you have to do is you can walk around and i certainly do take a lot of pictures walking around but actually going to where the the, the prey species is if you like but you want to hunt it comes back to hunting yeah, yeah, in a way yeah, yeah. it's going to find it and i knew that that particular tree that hong kong rose at that particular time of year mm. would attract the sunbirds sure. so it was first of all knowing where you can go and where there is a decent place that you can get because i was about eight meters away from it when i took that photo oh, well, which is nice. quite close right considering it's a very flighty little bird yeah and it, I also went uh, over a period of about uh, almost two months to try and get that photo. Oh, wow. Yeah. So going very early in the morning before the sun's up because mm. the sun makes all those harsh shadows sure. or later in the evening. And then having the equipment, the tripod with the Wimberley head, the 800 millimeter lens, and mm. then the ability to use it. And it all came down. What I wanted to do was actually that was, and I used that image as the, the primary photo for my exhibition was then do an exhibition okay which meant how do i take a six centimeter bird mm. and blow it up into a two meter print right wow so then the bird became 35 centimeters big right so it was i suppose for me that photo represents all of the expertise and knowledge ability that mm. I built on over the course of about, I suppose, six months of really trying to learn my craft. Right. And that was that image that I ended up with. I think that was probably uh, January 2019, after right. about a year of doing my full-time blog and learning how to take better pictures. So yeah. kind of... What's, okay, what's the title of the blog? Wild Creatures Hong Kong 
org. Right. Okay. So it's on Facebook. It's on. I do it actually as a as a daily email. A lot yeah. of people. Oh, nice. Like having it in their inbox in the morning. I get a lot of feedback. Those are the, if you like, those sort of two or three different types of people. There's the people who are really connected, who want to see it every day, who write to me if there's a typo oh, or, nice. or if, if they can't <laughs> open it or whatever, which is really nice. There's about 600 of those. Oh, wow. And then there's about um, three, three and a half thousand on Facebook who sort of look at it and like it and, yeah. and whatever. You know, some of them are not engaged. So from memory, or if you like, I can, I can describe... Um, uh, I can actually describe what the image is because for the people who don't know what a sunbird is, right? Like it's actually a fork tail. Fork tail, yes, yeah, yeah. a fork tail. Yeah, to be specific. Okay, so the image here, uh, the it's in the landscape f- format. Uh, you have the full body of the bird across. Um, what's nice, uh, you know, it's the 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 shadows aren't harsh, so the lighting is very soft, and yet this bird has this beautifully curved beak, and really bright iridescent almost turquoise head and some highlights of turquoise in 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 its tail how else would you describe this bird like for example in this image how would you for somebody who's who's kind of who can't look at it right now it's a super close super sharp beautiful uh uh beautifully composed image where the background is mostly a soft out of focus green and it's on um what kind of rose what's the rose? it's called a hong kong rose hong i can't kong remember rose. the latin name but it's a, it's a sort of large well mid to large um bushy tree right which a lot of birds just go crazy mm. for so yeah. it's a great tree to find if you're looking for birds sure so so we so the the flower it's flowering a little bit and it's this hint of pink i mean it's a, your, your photos are always consistently arresting and this one I wanted to actually point out that mm. the, what, the thing for the, this for me mm. was when you blow it up, okay, yeah, you can see the hairs just in front of its beak. Oh wow! And wow, given wow. that that's a six-centimeter bird, I mean, I'm working on a um, 800 millimeter, and my depth of field at that point is about two and a half centimeters. Mm. So you have to. I mean, the great thing about that is if you get the focus in the right place, mm. you get that lovely bokeh. You get that lovely blurriness, yeah. which allows then the subject to stand out. Yeah. Um, and the colors. Again, when you look at sort of the color wheel, and and you look at the complementary colors and the contrasty colors, you know the the, the turquoise and the and the pink are really highly complementary. Oh, and for it sure. Makes it more dynamic. And so. to see it as a large print, I mean, because in a way, it's what I what's interesting about your photographs, and it'll emerge, uh, is that it's like it's seeing that, that that's the beauty of photography. It's like it's when you see something that you couldn't see normally. You know, we couldn't see in that way. And then so you get these moments. Uh, the pelican one we'll go into later, but in this particular one here where you're so intimate with this with this beautiful species of bird uh, that many people may not even really get to see up close and so that's magical really now you have an ability to to look and see and really pick out the most interesting thing i'm, okay. I'm, I'm oh, hats oh. off to you thank you oh thank you because actually when i did the exhibition mm. it was called portraits of wild creatures right so one of the tricky things was if you want a really nice photo, you normally provide a large amount of habitat mm-hmm. and then the subject may be a, a, I don't know, a tenth or a fifteenth or maybe even a twentieth of the size within the general right. frame. Right. Whereas I deliberately 
went for very closely cropped images yeah. of the particular animals yeah. because I wanted to show the feathers around the, the owl's beak or mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the eye of a lizard or whatever it is yeah. because you don't get to see those. No, I know. And I, know. I love it when I'm looking at my photos and I get to blow them up because I can blow them up to you know 300 percent. Yeah, yeah. And you, you see things mm -hmm. which you don't yeah, normally. Yeah. So I, no, I'm, I'm, thank you for bringing that out no, because it's sure. actually a key part, I think, of what I what I and that was what I was trying to do at that stage right. of my photography. Right. Really was was bring out those amazing details of nature. And I think uh -huh. I got a lot of feedback, like you point out, that that people were seeing things that they'd never seen before or did not know that that animal existed right. in Hong Kong. Right. Because I had, I think at the end, I had about 90 different species mm. in that exhibition. That's so quite a lot. coming from North America, coming from Canada, when I saw this bird, I thought, oh, that's, that must be a hummingbird. That must be because, you know, the, the iridescent head and, and then the, the beak, the thin, thin, sharp beak. It's not a proper hummingbird. No. But I mean, actually, you can see it sometimes... It, it does actually, uh, and the females too, they actually hover, uh -huh. but I think, I'm not sure of the entire species definition, I don't want to get in trouble mm. with all the, uh, right. all the birders, but right. I mean, in clearly they are, they are very, they're quite different species, because yeah, yeah, these sure. are sunbirds, and sunbirds yeah. have their own uh, species and yeah. denominations. And so. I've definitely seen, I've seen them in the wild, uh, right, you know, and I do photography as well, and... Um, uh, it really, looking at your images compared to what I can get away, well not get away with, it, can capture, um, there's such a, like you're so clearly are dedicated to getting close and intimate and really seeing a side of these animals that people don't normally see, which is, which is actually the, the, a gift really, I mean it's amazing. Um, Anything else you want to add to this about this particular image? No, I mean, there's always that serendipity. There's always that bit of luck. Because mm -hmm. when you look at the image and his beak, because it was shot against right. actually the building up there, so you've got this, this white wall which ah. also reflects some light back, uh -huh. which I'm looking for. So ah, it's deliberate. Ah, yeah. But the fact that his beak and, and the point of his face, because when uh, uh, for a photo, you always look at the point of the highest contrast mm -hmm. where you lead the viewer's yeah. eye to. Yeah. And had his beak been over the flower, right. it would have still been, a, a, I think, a, a lovely photo, mm -hmm. but it would have lacked some of that, oh, look at that. Okay. And uh, so you always got that element of cross your fingers and yeah. wait to see what you've got in your viewfinder, because there's no way mm. I could see that his beak was perfectly Perfect. yeah. lined up Perfect. on, the, on the white background. And uh, the, the, like, for the people who, who are, are, are into photography, this kind of thing is almost like eye porn you know it's just like oh it's just so beautiful it's like it's so um it's so so great now what's amazing and what and <clears throat> clearly you know your gear well enough to know how to get this is that the sharpness is just you know out of this world um it just yeah so I, as you say like, the beak really does come out to this fine perfect point and it's uh yeah it's just i mean i i just love this image and I know why you're running with this image first, because it's such a high-impact shot. And that was, yeah, where I was beginning of 2019, I think. So right. Right before I had the exhibition. So okay. That, that, for me, marks a point in my, I think, uh, development of, of where I was. It was to get up close and, and, and also show people. And that's when I had the idea for the, um, for the booklet originally as right. well about the ID. Right.
So moving on to the next photo, um, which you call I'm Not Going Easy, and this is an awarded photo. Uh, and uh, okay, let me just describe for the people listening. Okay, so it's a very close cropped shot of a pelican. Uh, it's a great white pelican. So you see the top bill, which is quite thin, and you see the extended skin of the bottom bill, and you see the veins, the bloody veins, the network of veins kind of extending. And in it is is a fish um, that, do you know the species of yes. fish? And actually this image is just, which I'm not, I can't actually share too much at the moment, but it's just won another award. Which oh! I'm, it's under embargo at ah. the moment. Um, in, in the conservation category. Sure. Because that is a pleco fish. Okay. And a pleco fish of these, as you can see, very large, very spiny mm. aquarium fish right. from Latin America. Oh. And wow. people like the radiant sliders here, this is it, that was in Singapore, people actually let them go because uh, they get really big and nasty. Right. And then two things happen. First of all, they have no natural predators. Wow. And B, they eat. Everything, everything else in the pond oh, shit. so after you know three or four years you've got a thousand of those and not much no, else yeah, so yeah. actually yeah to, to look at what uh, that image mm. is the one of the defensive mechanisms of the pleco this very large scaly black fish mm -hmm. is to throw out it's got these very large spiny fins oh wow so you can see yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. caught and coming <gasps> through right the the, the side of the pelican so i watched this for about half an hour, Holy shit. 30 minutes, and this poor pelican, what is wrong with this fish? And wow. he put it down and he picked it up and he tried to swallow wow. it, and every time this pleco would throw out his spiny fins. Yeah. And uh, so while I was taking the photos, what I was trying to do with this particular one, um, was coming back to how this photo was taken, you, you have kind of, you have the in-situ shot, so you know the kind of photo that you want to take. Right. Then you have the, in situ but i'm going to move it a little bit so mm. maybe i move the praying mantis onto a nice flower okay and then you have the um completely lucky you're focused on the sunbird and i don't know maybe a a, a python comes out of the bush right. and, and grabs it yeah. and says, oh At my that goodness moment, and, yeah, yeah. and then that's the shot so yeah. that, it's that kind of shot where you yeah. have to be ready but fortunately because it went on for so long I could move around wow. and try and get it backlit. So that's right, right. why wow. you can see. And technically, that's quite a difficult shot because if it's backlit, it's normally deeper I, in shadow, yeah, right? Yeah. No, it's. So it's, that's it's, when you get both the. Because you've got two areas, you've sure. got two hooks mm -hmm. here. Normally, you should only have one. Mm -hmm. You've got the head coming through here, which areas of contrast. But then you've got the, this area of these veins of the craw of the yeah, bird. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. Uh, it is. It's a very powerful image. It has a very strong conservation message. Sure, sure. These fish you have to go. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're fine. I mean, where was it? Somewhere it's got this huge problem with iguanas now. Okay. Oh. And, oh. Yeah. And uh, they've started to allow people to hunt them and eat mm, them. So right. 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 So uh, I'm not sure we're going to hunt and eat plecos. No. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, uh, how many? When you go. Okay. So one of the things about shooting with film that I remember back in the day uh, is that each time you trip the shutter you hear like a little cash register go cha-ching okay that's like you know 60 cents or whatever uh, with digital we can just shoot thousands forever is what's your style because different people shoot in a different way so some people will just burst photographs blah 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 you know like just go just 
50 photos in a, in, a, in a series and then out of those pick the one is that kind of your style or do you 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 specifically shoot like i have two styles now okay um and again i think they're quite conscious the first one is because it's so easy one of the temptations is let's say you've got your your mantis on the table in front of you or your, or your bird over there like yeah actually from i suppose it's because well i've trained myself but also from my film background it's like well hold on a minute what is the correct shutter speed right what is the correct aperture it's more what deliberate. is my correct exposure where how, and, and um photography is like sculpture more than painting in that you're trying to take away right so right. you're left with just the subject That's that you want, want to show yeah and so if i'm if i'm trying to do that then maybe i'll take a photo and if that photo is not right because mm. i can now look at it my little lcd screen sure. which is amazing then i will see well do i need maybe i'll bracket it with some more depth of field right so maybe i'll do f8 f10 f14 or something mm. but otherwise i will try and take as few shots as possible right because i know mm. what i want yeah you're yeah you're dialed in yes for sure right. for sure but um in contrast to that if i've got a uh, a tailor bird maybe which is hunting in a, in a, in a little shrubbery mm. and he's moving around and he i can see that there's a caterpillar then i'll start pushing yeah, yeah, my yeah. button and it'll go yeah and yeah. he's bouncing around he's got the caterpillar done and then then i have the horrible thing of <laughs> Going having hundreds. 200 yeah, photos yeah, 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 yeah. and trying to find the, the one yeah because that's always the problem and I think it's it's quite a big thing to actually stop trying to take so many photos mm. and try and get because you should know what it is that you want right with flash it's a little bit different because with flash you kind of have to take the photo look at it dial it up dial it right. down change right. this right. move your ISO change that yeah but otherwise um, I, I think uh, if, if you're setting up a photo unless you're moving around a lot if you're just taking one photo then you, i don't know if you should be able to take it in one photo but right. maybe you should be able to take it in 10. sure sure no i got that okay no, that's amazing advice for people who don't spend as much time with their cameras as you do but it's great advice of course but i think yeah that's part of the i think one of because i did actually look at doing some photo courses and i think one of the first things was start with the image in mind right right well it's more deliberate for sure because if for you sure. take a picture of this you, you stand here yeah. whereas actually well, hold on a minute i want it with a nicer background right. so maybe i should lower down so you've already wasted photos taking it with such a poor yeah. background yeah, so yeah, if you yeah. think about what you want before you begin you can mm -hmm. save a lot of time no I, I i agree with you completely sorry if i'm writhing because you've I'm, been bitten I'm one of those people who's just delicious to mosquitoes. I love people like you. <laughs> my wife is like that. I go out with her. She's like my my uh, own insect. I saw your arm. It's yeah, no, no, you, you can't see. I'm just getting. I'm just like getting. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. It's I just, think it's because I've been bitten so many times. I think you just get. I don't know if you get an immunity to uh, it. Or? I don't know. I've been bitten a lot. <laughs> That's kind of. A, yeah. Thank, also, so you're blaming the victim. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but I like it. No, no, this is great. This is great. I, I will suffer for, for, for this podcast. Um, let's move on to the next photograph, which is, uh, listen, just this is just adding a new dimension to the conversation. Okay. Um, this photograph is of a leopard cat. In, why don't you talk about where you photo, because I, I think I know the backstory. 
Um, talk about the leopard cat, where you photographed it, what that experience was like, and what is it about leopard cats that's kind of interesting to people who've never seen them? Uh, so I took it not a million miles from here. I don't really want to give away the location, sure. but it was in the in the country park of Sai Kung. Okay. And so one of the things I do, I do a lot of walking around at night. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of animals in Hong Kong are nocturnal. Yeah, we've done it and together. Yeah. yeah. And it's great fun and, you know, a lot of herbs normally and stuff. And, and uh, you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. And so, again, it was just one of those moments, I think, when uh, there was a leopard cat. I was actually on my own at the time and uh, so i didn't have anyone else to, to help me with a torch or whatever and it came down and and because i had the torch on it all i could see was its eyes yeah. i didn't know if it was a civet cat or a cat cat or a uh, or, or what it was um so i put my torch down and of course it, it it went away so then i set up my camera um well i pushed my eyes so very very high i think it was that uh i forget what i what it was but it was very high it was about four or five thousand um and very shallow depths of field because it, it was quite a long way away and uh, i think it was f125 f2 uh, uh 200th of a, a second shutter speed and i waited and it came back wow oh. and that's how i got the shot nice. because then i had the camera right set up whereas otherwise i'd have been fiddling around with my dials and and i, I took the flash shot and because you, you couldn't really see what it was mm-hmm. then that's kind of how i got the shot a bit of a bit of luck, a bit of, you know, dialing in. Because yeah. a very high ISO meant that the flash didn't go boom and, right. and make all those horrible, harsh shadows yeah, that yeah, you yeah. get. So that, that, that technically I'm quite proud of. But one of the reasons I chose that photo, well, there's, there's two, I think. A, because what you normally try and do with wild animal photography is either you try and get a very rare species mm-hmm. and photograph it well, or you try and find a completely new angle or a different way of looking at a common species. Right. Like an egret, or everyone's seen the white yeah. egret flying yeah, across yeah. the sky. So how do you do that differently? Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. um, and so this, why I chose this image was uh, this, and this is what annoys me quite a lot in a way, it's quite funny, uh, that this was the most liked photo I've ever taken. Oh, really? From the Hong Kong, my own page, Hong Kong Snakes page, yeah, everywhere yeah, else yeah, that yeah. I posted it. Isn't that funny? And technically... Goddamn YouTube with your great cat videos. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and my friend and I laugh about this, is if you look at all the major wildlife photography uh, shows, exhibitions and awards, it's mammals that always win. Sure. Normally furry mammals. Yeah. And not that I have anything against furry mammals but uh, you know i'd like to see take their rightful place yes but it's never going to happen <laughs> yeah. so it makes me laugh when and, and the reason i chose this photo was because are you pandering to the masses got it and that's <laughs> when you when you look at as a photographer if you want more likes ah okay well let me describe the photo so so a leopard cat is really funny because so i think at the time that you made this image uh in hong kong somebody had seen a leopard cat in uh, one of the parks and they they had gone into into uh, into shock of some sort because they're not used to seeing wildlife and they thought it was a real tiger. They thought it was like a and, and you know, there used to be tigers in Hong yeah. Kong like a few hundred years ago. South Asian tiger, yeah. Right, and so a leopard cat is the size of a domestic cat, domesticated cat. Really pretty cat. I mean, it looks like a, a miniature leopard. And the AFCD, which is the 
uh, AFCD is uh, agriculture, what's it again? Fisheries it's, conservation. So yeah. ag and fish before any conservation. Right. right. And so they have uh, in the import and export uh, uh, filings in Hong Kong restrictions on, on bringing them in and out. Because in Mong Kok, you can find leopard cats for sale. So some people have them as domestic animals. And uh, it is something to be out in the in the country parks and stuff and seeing usually the eye shine yep. from these from these little cats. So the image has a leopard cat looking so openly at you. And that's what's quite magical about the photograph is that, okay, so it's on the ground. There is a little bit of shrub. There's a little bit behind it as well. It's just sort of sitting there looking at you like a normal cat, but it looks like a leopard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, so it's, it's, uh, it is a magical, but... As you say, it's a heartstrings thing, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, and again, I'm, I'm very proud of it as a shot. It's just... Um, it's hard to get them. It's yeah. hard, they're hard to well, photograph. They're hard. They're very hard to find. Yeah. I mean, I've seen them before. Normally, I get a glimpse of a tail or obviously a like, like shine of an eye 30 or feet, 30 feet or 30 Normally meters up, up in the tree. tree. Yeah. Actually, he, that was on a bank. It wasn't wow. on the ground. It was okay. up on a bank. I was actually shooting slightly okay, up, okay, which helped okay. with the with that perception that it's, yeah. it's looking at you. Yeah. Because instead of looking up, it's looking... Down, kind of down, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. Gives more impact. Yeah, the, the, the kind of angle there. That's great. Um, so, what sorry, are I got distracted. I, I forgot what I was going to say. There. We can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the actually the uh, normally I kind of go with three photographs, but you, you, I I would if I could I'd I'd, use, I'd I'd want to highlight all your. Oh, photographs. I know what I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. We're going to talk about um, from my photography now. When I'm out uh, taking pictures, I've I've got two things in mind one is looking at the different animals to try and get really beautiful photos to show to my audience and thinking about the books that i have coming up hopefully for um, the hong kong animals wild creatures hongkong.org um, so for example i was just out on a walk with some friends yesterday and they wanted to run up a hill well mm. because of my accident i can't do that anymore and i prefer to hike rather than and look at animals and, and run up a hill so off they went so i was on my own down by a stream for about an hour and i found the stemwazels and it's that time of year when they're mating and, and laying eggs the, the what are they Dragonflies. The dragonflies. Small dragonflies. Okay, okay. They're the ones where actually the difference is their eyes don't touch. Yeah. And they're, they're much smaller and fragile. Right, right. They're very beautiful. Pretty, oh. Very small. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, I'll take some pictures of them. And in my mind, I've got, like I said, I've got two, two ideas. One is, how can I get a really interesting picture for my blog? And the other thing always in the back of my mind is, how can I get the most amazing, exceptional picture to try and win an award. Okay. That's yeah. kind of what's in my mind at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And that happens extremely rarely. Of course. It has to be, like I said, either a, 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 an iconic animal. I mean, if I could get a leopard cat playing with its kittens, you know, sort sure. of ka-ching yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. bag, right? Um, but it's uh, finding the mammals in Hong Kong is, is extremely difficult. Right. Um, so anyway, going back to these dragonflies, instead of spending time with them, I watched and then just all of a sudden, because there was one dragonfly laying its eggs and another one flying over the top, so I tried to get that image where oh. you've got one flying and one laying eggs, and it's quite nice. And then another female la landed laying its eggs in exactly the same position, but the mouth parts of these two dragonflies 
were touching. Wow. So you've got this almost uh, mirror image. That's incredible. And I've never seen dragonflies touch their mouth parts before. <laughs> this, this, this. Neither have I. <laughs> so I thought, well, I mean, it's a very, very interesting image. And so then you've got this mirror image of these two female dragonflies. Mm. And so now I have to process it and, and, and see how good it is. The other thing I was doing was taking pictures of bird wing butterflies. So again, I know where they are at the moment. Mm -hmm. And they're these, they're actually the only protected arthropod in the whole of Hong Kong. And they're these huge spiky caterpillars, mm. uh, very interesting colors. Yeah. So again, trying to find a frame within the vine plants that they have. So always wow. trying to, by, by pushing myself, and yeah. I, would, I would say this to any budding photographers, is if you want to get better, enter some awards, because that's when you realize yeah. how damn good some of these photographers are. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I do have a caveat on that in that a lot of these awards have a huge amount of post-processing. Mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm. ever see sort of the uh, before right. and after images, i.e. the image that you actually shoot and mm. the one which ends up yeah, winning no, the award. You yeah, know, for sure. As you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes sure. on after you take the photo. Right, right. That's a whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's move on to your other photograph because it's also... Uh, oh, we have another one. We have, well, yeah, it's, oh, it's, the, it's a cloak okay. and dagger bee. No, uh, just because your photos are so good, we're okay. going to do them all. Like, cool. Um, cool. Cloak and dagger bee. Let me just describe the image. So you, you've talked about the importance of having a nice... of removing separating so in this case the, the the background is a perfect beautiful rich green uh out of focus and against that is this high kind of contrasting violet flower that has four or five petals to it with a deep sort of uh i guess it's a, is that the stamen that goes down deep yep okay so deep stamen and my stamen comes out right okay it's the right. bell right so, uh, but it's perched on it is this incredible insect. Uh, so the name of this photograph is a cloak and dagger bee. Um, so it's this beautiful bee looking insect that's blue and black. And what's really amazing as well is that you can see the reflection in its eyes that is matrix like mesmerizing. It's um, so describe how you made this photo, when you made this photograph, how you made this photograph, and why, uh, like for me, it's just like, I, like all your photographs, I'm just, I'm just amazed. So. so if I was to do this photo again, mm -hmm. I'd actually, oh, I've already cropped it a bit, so I'd probably even do it more. Wow, wow, wow yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this is one of those highly technical, took me three days oh, wow. to, uh, to shoot. Um, this is in Xingmun, uh, some beautiful little butterfly gardens there. Mm -hmm. And I was there because I'd seen quite a few hummingbird hawk moths. Yeah, yeah. And the blue banded bee. Right. And those are the ones I actually wanted to photograph. Right, right, right. And the, uh, the serendipitous element of this is I thought, I mean, it, this insect is half a centimeter yeah. long. Yeah. I mean, it, they are tiny. Mm -hmm. And. I didn't know that that's actually what I was taking right. when I took right. the photo. Right. I thought it was a blue-banded bee because if you look, it yeah, looks, it look, you can't tell. It's flying it's, in. It's, it's small, got the flower for sure. So basically, um, I tried with different lenses, different focal lengths, with flash, without flash, different shutter speed. So I probably took about two thousand different photos. Wow, wow, wow! And I have other photos which I've used sure. recently on my blog with the blue-banded bee. Um, and the, the tricky thing with this is. 
And one thing that my, my one of my mentors has, has always said is, you have to get it full frame. Mm. Now, how do you get a six centi- a, 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 tiny, a six tiny. millimeter bee yeah. full frame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that crop is probably it's probably about fifty percent. Right. But that meant. Um, uh, that was actually using a 100 millimeter lens, wow. although I actually had more success with the longer ones. But that one turned out because I was able to get there and then have my finger ready. And again, it's that burst. Yeah. Of yeah. And uh, unless the insect is, 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 I don't know, dead or, or, or not moving, mm-hmm. it's an extremely difficult insect to try and because they move so quickly sure, as well. And sure. they don't like people. No. No. Um, one thing that I do try and do is I use quite a large diffuser sometimes, and by hiding behind that, they don't recognise me right, as a human. Right, right. They just think I'm a I'm a building or yeah. something. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny how animals, like when I go around on my bicycle or motorcycle, uh, animals, especially monkeys, if I'm if I'm wearing uh, if I'm in the car, of course, one of those things. If you're in the car, they just don't even yeah. you know, they associate Same you with, with an tigers, animal, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so like the monkeys, if I if I wear like the helmet and the, and the glasses they don't quite know i'm a i'm a threat but if i take off the glasses and they see my eyes they're like oh shit i'm out of here so it's it's a i'm sure insects must also oh, be absolutely. like i mean you can see it with birds all the time if you're walking near a bird don't look at it mm. and then when you look at it it'll fly away right, right. It, it's it, they, it they triggers, see your yeah. eyes yeah yeah um one of the things the guy teaching me photography talked to me about was if you're trying to get close to like birds or bigger mammals or whatever, sing a little song to yourself or pretend you're chewing gum and don't look at them because if they think you're already eating, well, mm. you don't want to eat them. Right, right, <laughs> it's right. It's a funny right, little trick. Right, right. Going up to birds and you're still talking to yourself, people think you're That's a bit loopy. That's super interesting. Also, don't walk straight at them. You're always walking yeah, in a zigzag yeah, 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 kind yeah. of thing. So it's quite, it's quite funny, the sort of craft of trying to get right. close to things like that tiny little bee. And again, you've got the you've got that sort of craft which allows me to get that yeah. image yeah. Um, and again part of that sculpture is always to try and look for that background that you don't have any distractions or whatever mm-hmm. and then you've got the luck that it was not the bee that I was trying to right. photograph and then as you pointed out I've never seen that before that hexagonal is like the back end of a Lamborghini or yeah, something yeah. that that design the eyes. Inside. Yeah, yeah. so now of course what I want to do is get 10 times closer right, to that right, piece right. There's all, and then because that that's a great image i love it yeah. but it's not it's not award-winning right yet. it's got different it's got sure. flaws to yeah, it. yeah so yeah. to try and then how then do i perfect my how well actually i've seen this great image of this guy what he did is he he took a flower and he cut out the end of it and put his camera on it so then the the, the bees and things were actually going into, into the, the yeah. flower and then yeah. you have a remote so that's the kind of thing i'm right. i've got these tentacles that I call them but I, I think I've got about eight different things that I want to do which uh-huh. will take my photography to a to another level wow Rob this is cool to just talk shop and d- dive in uh, I'm not gonna ask you to talk about your gear because uh, no free pub for those companies um, because we could do that uh, more importantly you do give courses you have given courses somebody who's listening to this and is a beginning photographer do you have a bit of advice when you've given classes what what would you say has helped them as photographers move ahead sure i think i mean equipment is important it's so funny i've heard so many interviews oh no equipment isn't important no it's important 
because you you don't get that crispness, that clarity, that ability to focus quickly sure. with with the uh, lower end equipment. You just don't. Um, so one of the things is invest as much as you can in the equipment. So get a full frame camera, get get some decent lenses, um, and that just that alone it, it, it will help your photography. Sure. Or, it will te- you can then learn i mean obviously you don't want to go out and buy the best and not know how to use it which is i think what people are saying but once you begin to squeeze the different best bits out of your equipment i think that's when you realize that you are learning more mm-hmm. so i suppose my advice to people is during about 30 years um between my photojournalism and actually doing my doing my blog i still took photos and i, I look back at them and I, I did an exhibition and stuff and i look at them and go yeah they're okay the biggest difference was i went to other people to try and learn mm-hmm. how to be a better photographer yeah and um so whether it's uh, there's one book I'd recommend called, uh, it's by Tony and Chelsea Northrup and they're, they're excellent you know they will they will really they dive quite and they're very good teachers as well and there's video components to it okay. um, but I think it's really coming back for me what changed for me was what is the image that I want to create and how do I go about creating it because then what happens is, okay, so if I want a picture of that flower that really stands out, what do I want it? I want it to stand alone. So what about the background? And mm-hmm. then you think, well, hold on a minute. If it's a pink flower, how about I take a meter piece size of card mm-hmm. and put that behind it? Then you've got this lovely blurry yellow right. background because the camera won't see that it's a yellow piece of sure, card. It just sure. looks like a, a yellow field of barley or something. Yeah. And then you've separated your image because you're thinking of the image that you want, which is that single stem of the pink, that very pretty pink grass here in Hong Kong. So I think the the key thing for me is be very critical of your own photos and really think what is the image you want to create? Mm Because that's how I got to my my fork-tailed sunbird image, was I want to be able to blow up that image to a two-meter print, and I want that... Well, uh, some bird in focus, the sharpest blurry. Focus. I want this. I want that. I want it at that time of day yeah. because it's going to give me this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, what I'm listening to is actually uh, a mastery of, of what you're, of your. Not to saying that you're, you know, not to hide from the idea of being a master, but it's kind of getting towards that mastery of, of what you're doing in anything. So. And again, Respect. I look at the different other photographers, whether it's Andy Rouse or um, Tin Man or whoever it is, and look at those award-winning photos, and you see what's really great about them. Unfortunately, most of them are of polar bears and right. cheetah cubs and stuff. <laughs> furry animals. <laughs> furry mammals, or maybe rhinos occasionally, and, or well, elephants, <laughs> or giraffes, or something. But what, 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 What's good about this, well, the podcast, I think, is also what's neat is uh, that being able to share. So one of the people I had here was uh, you know, uh, Carolina and uh, Arthur, her husband. The two, two go herping all the time. Yeah, yeah, I've seen and that. She's really, really good. Yeah. She's re- and she's, you know, really showing the beauty of, of snakes. And it's just like, yeah, and, and your, your snake images. I mean, 
I, I love that everybody's um, quality and, and effort, all of it is just getting better and better. Like there doesn't seem to be a kind of peak of we've reached the best photographs ever. No, no, but no it's, it's still coming. I think what I see with a lot of those photos and, and myself included is you get to a point where you, you're learning about light mm. and how it works, yeah. which is, a, which is well, sounds pretty is. obvious, right? But yeah. you know, photography actually means painting with light in Greek. And to learn about how it diffuses and this and this, and you go out and then you find the species and you take its photo. The tricky thing then is to find behavior. Right, right. To actually be in a place. And again, you know, who, uh, snake behavior is maybe not as interesting as a, as a jaguar mm-hmm. <laughs> or a cheetah or a lion or mm-hmm. an elephant or whatever it is. So I think there are limitations just from a point of view of if you want to make your photos you know more exciting right. i suppose um hence you know the leopard cat having all those lights sure but if but i show that bee that funnily enough i mean i think it's because i posted another picture right after it but that bee that i chose i think got nine likes yeah yeah and it's it's like one of my not least like but, but it's, it, it's it funny how that's a t- but it's funny how that has become a barometer of quality to a certain extent. I mean, I realize you your internal barometer, your internal standard, but it's, I, there, it, it just reinforces the idea that, that to a certain extent, as a communicative uh, object, powerful images should evoke or do evoke something in a, in a viewer, in a receiver, sure. in a thing. So, so okay. Well, I just People, learned uh, yesterday that I've, I've got these three awards coming up. Which I can't talk about, but two of those are arthropods. A nice. Uh, insects, not yeah. actually one's a spider, but um, it's, it's interesting to see that there's actually a recognition for that as well as, I'm sure the main winner's still going to be a furry <laughs> mammal. <laughs> but we won't talk about that anymore. Ah, screw those, uh, screw those mammals. No, I love them too. I can't no, wait no, to get I over know. to Sri Lanka yeah, and start yeah. taking... Some amazing, you know, I just can't wait to travel again, uh, yeah, like yeah, I think course. every single person I talk to. Okay, so I think the buffet is closing as far as uh, feeding the mosquitoes. Thank you so much, Rob, for joining me. Um, I, I, you know, this has been really good. Uh, I hope I can get a billion people to, to view, to view your, your websites and to, to order your book uh, and to just be inspired. Like, I, I certainly am inspired. Good stuff. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Boom.